Hello, everyone. My name is Kate, and you are listening to Artwise. So this week, I'm going to be talking about passive income. Passive income is something I'm super passionate about. And actually, a few months ago in August, I hosted a passive income for artists workshop. Now, since then, I have not for my life been able to find that PowerPoint that I made. I don't know if you guys remember it. It was a free workshop. There was actually a, a ton of of people <laughs> who attended like there was at least like 40 or 50 people it was just a free workshop and lo and behold I was gonna reuse it and I could not find that powerpoint I'm pretty sure I made it in like canva or something but yeah this is coming off of the thanksgiving right now as of this moment I'm actually recording this on black friday so that I can get it out by next tuesday I was planning on doing a little birthday episode. I could not come up with like enough content to fill a full episode. And then after I realized that I had completely lost that passive income PowerPoint and that I wasn't going to be able to use it as a paid workshop ever again, because it, I'm serious, it dissipated. It's so weird. I log into Canva and all of my other like normal stuff is in there, but the PowerPoint's gone. I searched my emails. There's no record of it at all. There's no record of me sending it to anyone or anything. I searched the notes section on my phone to see if I could find my research. It's gone. Like, I don't know if I Mandela affected it out of existence or what, but I, I like, I remember it happening. I hosted the workshop. There was actually a few guests of the podcast who attended the workshop. So if you guys are listening to this, I know a lot of you listen to the podcast regularly. If you are listening to this and you attended my passive income workshop in August, it was like the beginning of August, August 2nd or 3rd. Please tell me so I'm, I know I'm not crazy. I'm losing my mind. Like, I don't know where it went. And I wouldn't have made something. It took me like a whole week to make that PowerPoint. I would have saved it. I know myself. I don't know where it went. <laughs> but that being said, since I can't reuse it and host another workshop with it like I had originally planned, I might as well talk about how I have used that PowerPoint in my own career as an artist. So as a lot of you know, I have my own business. I just started my business. I started this podcast in 2020. So this podcast has been around for two years. I started my business this year, May of this year. So it's been maybe about six months and I am really in like a learning phase of my business. As much as I would love to say I'm this expert and like a lot of people I think who come on the podcast think I'm some kind of expert. I am young. I, my birthday is actually next Thursday. So if you guys want to say happy birthday to me, it, it's my birthday's two days after this episode comes out. I'm turning 23 on Thursday. So a lot of you guys think I'm some expert and I, I am a professional in the industry. I've been working in the art industry for five years now since I turned 18, but I, you know, I'm still learning kind of with you guys. It's part of the reason I made this podcast because I get to interview 
a lot of people who are much more qualified than I am to talk about this stuff. But the passive income thing is something that's been a huge focus for my business since I started in May. The reason being is because if I can get my passive income to a point where I am making enough money to pay all my bills, I don't have to worry or be nervous about getting enough commission work, getting book deals. I've, I've been really trying to focus hard on like illustrating books. I have a graphic novel that I've written that I really would like to get started on. I'm just kind of looking for mentors right now and looking to learn. But unfortunately, until my passive income is making enough money to sustain me and to pay my bills, I don't really have time to focus on that. I need to focus on the things that are going to allow me to live out the process, if you will, and like have, you know, it's 11-11 right now. I don't know if that's a number for anybody. It's a number for me. I unplanned, just wanted to, thought I'd mention it. But yeah, I, I don't know the whole passive income thing. I'm focusing on building it so that I can focus on the passion projects. Like, I, I don't know if a lot of you know this, this podcast does not make any money. Not really. I would like for it to make more money, which is a why I am going to be ending this season, season two of Artwise, at the end of the year. The last episode is going to be right around the holidays at the very end of the year. And don't worry before anybody freaks out, because I know people got mad when we ended the season two years ago in, at the beginning of 2021 when we ended our uh, our first season. We are coming back in March. I'm taking a three month, not even really a break. I just am going to reformat the podcast a little bit. And I will talk about that in later episodes that I already have recorded that will come out towards the end of December. Like, trust me, I have a full blown like plan for coming back in March already. And I'm already starting to record episodes for season three. I'm just doing things a little bit differently and hopefully in a way that allows for further growth of ArtWise. For those of you who listen to us, since I started season two, we have over tripled our audience, which is insane. Like it's incredible. And thank you guys so much for listening, <laughs> by the way. But I just want to make sure that the fans of the podcast, people who listen to the podcast, and it really helps them in their career as an artist, that I'm able to just take it further and share some of the things that I've learned as I am trying to build passive income for myself. That being said, these are things I've been working on since May. Passive income, a lot of people think it's like set it and forget it. And like, yeah, that's the point of passive income. Like that's how it's supposed to be in a perfect world. But the setting it part, for some reason, a lot of people think, oh, it's really, really fast. And for some things it could be, that's not the experience that I've had. So that's part of why I wanted to make and record this episode is because I wanted to talk about forms of passive income that you've probably heard of, my experience with them, my real human being, real artist, real person experience, which by the way, I don't have, I'm not famous. A lot of the guests I've had on this podcast have like half a million followers are, you know, super like popular and well known on social media. That's not me, guys. I <laughs> when I started this podcast, I didn't even have a TikTok account or I did, but I had maybe like 100 followers and I didn't post anything. And it was really just for fun. There was no goal of like, I want people to see this, which is I mean, I, I know that's weird, given that it's a podcast. But 
<laughs> I I don't know. Like I just it was just like a fun thing for me and Diane to do together. And then after I started my business, I quickly realized that strength does come in numbers. <laughs> and even though I don't think like followers equate to success, it can be helpful. So I just want to like make it perfectly clear to anybody who's listening, listeners of the podcast or not, like if you just came because you saw the title of this episode and you wanted to listen to it and like learn about passive income. This is from the perspective of a normal artist. I've been doing digital art and graphic design for five years. And I have as of this moment in time, I just I'm, I'm just shy of 8000 followers on TikTok. I have about 200 on Instagram. I don't focus on Instagram probably as much as I should, but I have about 200 on Instagram and yeah, just completely normal person. So that being said, let's get into the passive, the ways, the five ways (laughs) to make passive income. So the first way that I hear about constantly all the time is print on demand. Now, I have been focusing very heavily on print on demand and I've learned a lot. So I want to share with you what I've learned so far. So first and foremost, when you get started with print on demand and you start looking it up and doing your research, let me tell you what print on demand is. First of all, for anyone who doesn't know what print on demand is. So print on demand is essentially you pick like a website of your choosing. There's so many to choose from. And you essentially design products. You can design t-shirts. You can design mugs. Literally anything. Any product that you've seen in a store that has art on it, chances are there's a way to make it via print on demand. And essentially you choose like the website that you want to use you load your artwork into it in, in a file. So if you're a traditional artist and you don't have a scanner or like a really good quality camera, you might have to invest in one of those just to be making stuff through print on demand. But you just, you load it into whatever website you use, you edit and you build the product. And then essentially whatever platform you decide to use for your print on demand, when you get an order through whatever website from somebody, They do all of the printing, the product creation, and the shipping for you. So literally the only thing that you really have to do ideally in a perfect world is make the art, set it up, and then forget it. Obviously, like me talking about this, you can probably already tell the world isn't perfect. And unfortunately, like it is a lot more work than that, right? Because you do have to find people who want to buy your product and... Unfortunately, there are probably going to be times where the printer messes something up or they send out a product that's not, you know, super high quality and then you have to deal with customer service. But for the most part, it's set it and forget it. You don't really have to deal with with shipping or product creation or anything like that. They do all of it for you. Now, that being said, because they do it all for you, you might be wondering, like, how do, how do they make money? They take a sizable cut. So you 
on pretty much all of the websites that you can decide to use for print on demand. You set your own prices, so you can decide the percentage of the cut that you get, but you also have to keep in mind that there are certain prices that people just like are probably not going to pay for things, you know, like a t-shirt, you know, I mean, if you want to charge Gucci prices, you can charge Gucci prices, but like you, you really can't charge like a hundred bucks for a t-shirt just, I mean, you could just so you could pocket some of the money. And also I think of passive income as essentially like you're not really doing very much after you set up the product. So I feel like what I set up for myself anyway is about a 30 to 40% profit margin. So that way, when I do get the sale, I get about 30 to 40% of however much the sale is, not including shipping. So now that you know what print on demand is, uh, let me talk about the, the websites that there are. I know there's probably more. I, 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 let me rephrase, rephrase that. I know there's definitely more than what I'm mentioning, but some of the most popular websites are Redbubble, Society6. There is, you can use your own website. So like a Squarespace or like a Shopify and then connect a print-on-demand site to your account. So some of those are like Printful, Printify. There are a whole bunch of those that you can connect to like your Squarespace site or your Etsy site or your Etsy shop or whatever. So what I have found for me, and don't come for me for saying this, Etsy works the best if you are an artist who doesn't have people immediately coming to you and your shop to like purchase from you. Now, I know Etsy gets a lot of flack and rightfully so. Etsy takes insane amount of cuts from your, basically from what you make. Every time you make a sale, Etsy's there with their little wallet like, okay, I'm here for my cut. And that is annoying. Don't get me wrong. I hate that probably just as much as you do. And I know you're probably thinking, ugh, like I have seen all the TikToks and I've seen all the hate and all the news articles about how Etsy's like so greedy and they increased, you know, the the percentage that you're losing that goes into their pocket, right? Like I totally get it. But unfortunately, Etsy's algorithm is unbeatable. And if you are a small artist like me who doesn't have a huge following and doesn't have a ton of followers to come and like purchase from you, and even like you you might be thinking, Kate, you have 8,000 followers on TikTok. I hate to say that that's not a lot because it is a lot of people when you think about 8,000 people in a room, that is a lot of people. (laughs) But most of the people who follow me on TikTok and for the podcast, like follow me for just that. They follow me for my voice. I am willing to bet that a lot of the regular listeners probably don't even know what my artwork looks like, which is totally fine. I love to talk. It's one of my my two gifts. (laughs) I have my art and I have my voice. I like to write. I like to read. I like to draw. And that is me um, summed up. But that being said, a lot of my followers follow me for my hot takes. They don't follow me for my products that I'm selling on Etsy. And a lot of them aren't uh, like outwardly like looking to like buy stuff from my shop, which is totally fine. Like I said, I have 
my two gifts. I have my art and I have my voice. And if they want to follow me for my voice and not for my art, that's fine by me. I, I'm happy with both. <laughs> but that being said, that's why I opt for Etsy. And you can tell, I think, by Etsy's algorithm, whether or not you will be successful moving your Etsy shop to like your own website. So I also have a Squarespace website as well. So I I do use Squarespace for my website and I have some print on demand products on my website as well. So for the podcast, Artwise Podcast merch, I don't have that on my Etsy shop because I know that the people who listen to me know from listening to the episodes that they can find the Artwise merch through the Artwise platforms. But sometimes random strangers really like my art and they want to buy my art through Etsy. And after making my Etsy shop, I said, okay, once I get to a point where 70% of my sales are from come from social media, because you can look at your analytics and you can see like where these people who are buying your products are coming from. And pretty much all of mine come from Etsy, come from Etsy's algorithm. And so for that reason, I stick with Etsy and I will be sticking with Etsy until I get a higher, essentially like all of my sales, until all of my sales start coming from my own social media or my personal website link. Until they start coming from there, I will be staying on Etsy because I just get more sales and ultimately taking that little cut is worth it to me, first of all, because I'm not, I'm not, like I said, I'm not really doing much outside of like art that I would have been making anyway is now a product, a physical product that people can buy. And I'm just getting a cut because they're, you know, able to enjoy my artwork on a product and then Printify gets the rest. So that said, what I have been doing is I have been using Printify on my own personal website and on my Etsy shop. So the way Printify is set up is you can link more than one shop. So I have my Squarespace site linked and that's where I have all of the Artwise podcast merch. So like merch for this podcast. So you can buy that through my regular site and I have all of my more gen I don't want to say generic because my art's really not generic, but art that isn't directed towards fans of my work or my podcast or whatever, like my little mushroom drawings and like my seamless patterns on, you know, backpacks and wrapping paper and shoes and stuff like that. Like those products that could be for anybody to enjoy all are on my Etsy shop. And based on my analytics, my Etsy shop does significantly better than my Squarespace. I have not had any sales of the print-on-demand products anyway. Most of the sales I get, I think, I don't even know how many sales I've had. I've had like See, and this is what I mean. A lot of people follow for the voice and they don't follow for the art. But a lot of people sign up for my workshops and for um, like I have a workshop coming up if you're listening to this and you want to join on Thursday on my birthday, December 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I've had a lot of people sign up for that and, you know, purchase that. I've I've hosted this literally this whole episode stemmed from a workshop. I sell a lot of that. Not so much of the print-on-demand products on my website. I've, I haven't sold any Artwise merch yet. <laughs> Funny. Anyway, <laughs> so 
Yeah, but on Etsy so far, since I've started, I've had a slow start. I My Etsy shop, I didn't open until like a couple of months ago, but I have had six sales and pretty much every sale with the exception of one sale has come from just random people on Etsy who have just like happened upon my stuff and decided that they liked it enough to make a purchase. Yeah, I've had six sales so far on my Etsy on my Etsy shop, which trumps the zero of my Squarespace shop. And five out of the six did not come from my social media or my personal links. They came directly from Etsy. So that's a huge reason why I think I'm on the right track and why if you, unless you have, you know, 500, 600,000 followers who are all patiently waiting for you to launch a store so they can, you know, buy everything in your store. If you're just like a normal artist who's kind of like younger and just starting out and doesn't really have like that fan base who are just ready to basically like buy all those products and sell you out. I I think Etsy is a really good option. And I have had the best experience with Printify so far. They have been really great. I have had no issues with them thus far with like printing stuff. They also let you order essentially like sample products. So you can choose like your like say you design a shirt, you can choose your shirt size and you can just say, oh, I'm gonna, um, you know, order, you know, I'm a, like a medium shirt size, like I could order like a medium shirt, bunch of shirts and like buy them, they would ship to me. And then I have a physical product to take pictures of and to post on social media. Unfortunately, the passive income has been slow enough that I haven't even really been able to buy sample products. And I feel like that would help a lot if I was able to buy sample products. But it's hard out here, y'all. We're in a recession. (laughs) So yeah, that's one tip that I have. It has been a lot of work, though. I think I spend a minimum of 25 to 30, sometimes more than 40 hours a week is kind of like inconsistent depending on how many ideas I have but I send spend a minimum of of 25 to 30 hours a, a week on my Etsy shop and my print on demand for my website the reason being is because on Etsy when you do like your research you'll find that you really don't start getting sales until you have a minimum of 50 products so I have 61 now and I am not even kidding I did not get my first sale until I had 50 products and it took me a while to design 50 products so I've I've had the Etsy up for like a couple of months and I mean the only good thing really is like you can recycle art and put it on different products like if you want to use the same drawing for a t-shirt and like a mug you obviously can um but yeah it's it's time consuming and a lot of people think passive is set it and forget it that's really time consuming I also I would imagine if you were getting an influx because I do know and have seen and do follow people on social media who make thousands upon thousands of dollars a month through their print on demand. That's like the end goal, honestly. But they even said, you know, until they started getting one to 200, 300 products on their Etsy shop, they weren't getting as many sales. But like once you start getting like a higher amount of products, obviously the more stuff is going to sell. So there is like a kind of a lot of of setting up. I, I heard from 
a few different people that if you are consistently focusing on it and not losing focus and uploading like at a minimum of 10 products a week, it's it's still going to take you about six months to really start to say, okay, like I am making enough profit that I can live off of this. So you really do have to uh, take all that stuff into account when you do print on demand, because it is a lot more work than it really seems like when somebody's telling you, okay, this is what you have to do. Because it seems like, okay, you set it up once and then you like forget about it and people can just buy your art. But it's it's continual too. like you do like even if you in six months get to that point, you do still have to add to your Etsy shop in order to see that growth because that's kind of how Etsy's algorithm works. And same goes for if you were posting it just to your own personal website, like you still have to keep it exciting. You still have to add new products. Otherwise, like, are people going to come back, you know? So that's, that's print on demand. Like I said, I've only made six sales. It's not enough to live on for me right now by any means, but I'm seeing really steady growth. And like every month there's like a couple more and it just keeps going. Also, I haven't really, keep in mind, I have not advertised the Etsy shop pretty much at all. This is the first time on the podcast I'm talking about it. And I posted for the first time today about it on my Instagram and my TikTok account. So no one has heard about it that that really follows me either. And that's because, like I said, I still feel like I'm setting it up. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I don't have enough to offer to start advertising. I'm selling products because, like I said, I only have 61 products. Um, which sounds like a lot, but on Etsy and other stores, it's really not that much. But yeah, so that kind of leads me to number two, the the next way to build passive income, art licensing. So for those of you who don't know what art licensing is, I've talked about it a little bit with certain guests on the podcast just to see if other people are getting into it as much as I'm into it, because honestly, this is a big goal of mine is to start licensing my own artwork because I just feel so excited whenever I see artwork that I created out in the wild. I think it's the coolest thing ever. A lot of you guys know I did uh, work for Fanatics and I was on the Nike team. So I designed a lot of Nike t-shirts and even still to this day, just the other day I was scrolling on TikTok and I saw a girl wearing a t-shirt that I designed and I still think it's the coolest thing. I send it to everybody and I'm like, oh my God, like I designed this shirt. Like I think it's so cool. So art licensing is kind of similar to that, except for you're not working like a nine to five job and like it's your sole purpose to design Nike shirts or design journal covers. A lot of companies, what they'll do is they will license artwork from these artists and they will send you a little contract and they'll say, hey, this seamless pattern you have would be great for a journal cover or like this typography that you did would be great for a journal cover or, you know, a mug or a tumbler or bed sheets or whatever. Like so many, literally any product that can have art on it, it can be licensed. And the companies will either reach out to you or you can send emails reaching out to people and saying like, this is the kind of art that I do. Let me know if you like it. and Essentially, you'll get a little contract from them that says like, okay, we're going to use this artwork for this product and you get, you know, this percentage royalty for every product we sell with your art on it or something like that, where you'll just get like a tiny little cut for every product they sell. 
And a lot of the times those products will end up in like Target or Walmart or so like any, any big retailer. And that said, like, if it's in a big retailer, that's like one of the biggest stores throughout the country, you could potentially make a lot of money. Um, so I follow a lot of art licensors on TikTok and Instagram because it's something I'm very interested in doing myself in the future. That said, I haven't been able to score any yet. And that's because I did take a couple of workshops and art licensing is one of the more difficult things to get into when it comes to passive income getting work as an artist it's really hard you you do have to kind of have an art style that's like good for something specific and you know like does does well <laughs> for for consumers essentially so when i went online to these little zoom workshops from some art licensing artists they, a lot of them, you know, are so nice, first of all. If you want to get into art licensing, I recommend just going on TikTok and, and trying to find one of them to ask because personally, I haven't been able to license any of my art. I've tried to reach out a few times, but that's something that a lot of art licensors will tell you is that you do kind of have to constantly be sending emails and reaching out to people and saying like, here's my work. Let me know if you're interested. And a lot of the times you either won't hear back or you'll hear back like six months later. And it is, it's a lot of work to try and get into. And something that I've heard a lot of people who do art licensing say, like, especially companies too, I've tried to look at agencies like art licensing agencies. If you get signed on to an agency, it'll be like worlds easier to get your art license. But again, like it's super competitive because like who doesn't want to license their artwork to a company, not have to do anything, not have to deal with production, just saying, yeah, you can, you can use my artwork and then, you know, just make money. <laughs> from doing that. I mean, like what artist doesn't want to do that? So like that said, it's it's a very competitive market, but a lot of agencies and a lot of companies put on their website, you know, a lot of artists that we work with, we actually find through Etsy, which is another reason why I'm doing my print on demand through Etsy, because if my Etsy shop gets popular, there's a greater chance that one of these art licensors is going to see that I do seamless patterns, which is a huge thing in like the art licensing industry and could potentially, you know, send me a message and, and reach out to me that way. So it's really strategic when you try to do like all of these different passive incomes. I definitely recommend trying all of them and just seeing, first of all, what you enjoy, right? Because you don't want to be doing something that you're that makes you miserable. So first of all, what you enjoy. And second of all, what works for you? I mean, some artists might have like a style that really lends itself to art licensing, but isn't so great for some of the other things that I'm going to be talking about. I would look for some companies that are looking for artists to license I would look for mentors however you can. I really hope to be <laughs> by this time next year. Maybe that's like what we'll do, right? Like maybe next this time next year, I can do like an update episode on all my passive income because I'm going hard on all of it. But I mean, people, it, it is set it and forget it. But the setting it part like kind of takes years sometimes, which a lot of people don't talk about. But I mean, 
once it's set up, it's definitely, I feel like, worth, you know, all that work. So another thing that you can do for passive income is digital products. This is something that I've been selling on my Etsy shop pretty exclusively. I have not sold any digital products yet. However, I have significantly more physical print-on-demand products on my Etsy than I do digital products. I plan to have it be 50-50 in the future, but like I said, I'm still building. I have heard a lot of artists say that digital products do better because you're not letting like you're like for example with print on demand 60% of the profit goes to the printer goes to printify or printful or whatever website you're using with digital download products you are getting 100% after of course etsy takes out their cut or whatever site you're using shopify takes out their little i don't know how big of a cut shopify takes out i know it's significantly less than etsy but there is like transaction fees and stuff like that so after those fees, you get 100% of the profits, which a lot of artists prefer. But I've also found that for me anyway, like when I'm looking at these digital products, so the digital products that I have available on my Etsy is I have a printable dream journals and printable planners on my Etsy shop and I have printable bookmarks. So um, basically like my stuff is a digital product that you can have right away. You don't have to wait for shipping and you can just have the file printed out and then like you have your product. Some other digital products that a lot of artists like to sell are they make their own brushes. So I have personally probably spent over $100 on Procreate brushes. I love Procreate because I like to be able to draw from bed and I like to be able to create while I'm watching TV or while like other things are going on. I like to be able to take my iPad anywhere and not have to worry about like a mess and like the mess of like traditional art and like painting and like having to clean up. And I, I live, I live on Procreate. I live on Photoshop and Illustrator for iPad. It's just where I stay and I will purchase brushes. I an investment in my business is what I tell myself every time I do it but you can sell brushes and all that so digital products I mean I can't really speak to if they sell better I think depending on the type of artist you are and the type of designer you are like if you are using illustrator for stuff I mean and you also you have to be careful too because if you're using canva to make this stuff you really do have to be careful because you don't want to use a font that's you're not allowed to sell essentially like use on a product that you're selling. So like you do have to be careful with both the digital and the print on demand stuff because that stuff don't fly. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other digital products. Oh, something else that I've seen artists do is like digital guides. So like essentially if this podcast, if I typed out everything I was saying and I put it into a little guide, I could sell it for like super cheap. And once it's made, I don't have to do anything. People can, you know, pay whatever price I decide to charge for it, download it, read it, and then they have the information essentially at their fingertips. So that's another example of like a digital download product. It's it's really anything that is like a file, essentially. Anything that can be bought, downloaded, and then used right away. So like I said, digital brushes, uh, 
that's a, a thing I feel like is really good. And I am going to consider making some myself because digital digital products like brushes, I think they just do really well. Oh, another website that you can sell digital products on. Etsy is a really good one. You can sell it on your own personal website. Gumroad is specifically made for digital products. And for me personally, as a consumer of a lot of digital products, actually probably more digital products than physical products, if you don't include like groceries and stuff. As a big consumer of digital products, I have used Gumroad the most. I have purchased from Gumroad the most. But like I said, Etsy has a really good algorithm. And it's also really nice to if you already have a website for yourself or for your business, it is nice to just be able to sell everything kind of all in one place. The, the reason I kind of have stuff spread out is like I said, I am trying trial and error, trying to see what works and what doesn't work as just like the average artist so that I can use this information and refer it back to you guys. I think, and you guys have to hold me to this. If you're still, you know, here a year from now, hold me to it to do an, an update episode on where my passive income is at. Cause I am really like, I, I'm seriously hoping that a year from now I am making enough to at least pay my bills. Cause I, it, it is like, it's more than a full-time job at this point for me to do this stuff. So Another digital product. So I put this technically at number four because it's kind of its own beast. But something else that you can sell that is passive is online courses. So online courses is my number four for passive income. If you are an artist who has a decent following or you're known as being really good at something, really good at a certain style or drawing a certain way or painting a certain way, this is a great option for you, especially if people are constantly asking you, how did you do it? Tutorial? Like all the time I get that stuff on my TikTok account, people asking me how I did something, asking for a tutorial. And so a great way to give them that while still being able to profit off of your knowledge and your information because like it is it's it's your knowledge your information you spent a lot of your you know time <laughs> learning these things so it's only fair that you are able to monetize like your knowledge by making stuff like online courses so there are so many online course platforms you can probably sell an online course through your own website but you can also sell it through something like Teachable. Teachable is the first one that comes to mind. There's really a whole bunch of them. If you just Google like online online course hosts, there will be a whole bunch of them that come up. Teachable is the one that I know because it's the one that I'm considering using. I have an Adobe Illustrator course that I'm working on. Honestly, I could probably turn this whole passive income thing into a course just because all of it is kind of interconnected in a way. Like I explained, the print on demand is kind of connected to the art licensing, which is also kind of connected to making digital products and online courses are kind of digital products. So they're all connected in some way, shape or form. And as much as like I've been trying to like learn and teach myself, you know, the best ways, I also like I want everybody to have realistic expectations, too, because I've been doing this for what, three months and I have made money, just not a lot. <laughs> not yet. Anyway, I'm hoping by the six month point, I'll be able to pay my bills. I came pretty close this month with my six sales, but well, 
I should say, I came pretty close this month to being able... Well, actually, if you include all my other products, I I was able to make enough to pay my bills this month, which I'm pleasantly surprised because I was seriously like when I quit my job to start my business, I saved up enough money to basically like pay all of my bills and my groceries and everything for about 18 months. And I'm at the six month mark. And this month I I already made enough to pay my bills and I'm hoping to keep that momentum. I know that the holiday season is better for pretty much everyone, but just that being said. Another number five for passive income, I put Amazon KDP. So KDP stands for Kindle Direct Publishing. The reason I, I put this for artists, so Kindle Direct Publishing If you don't know what it is, it's basically anybody can go on to this site and publish their own book. The reason that I included this as an artist is because I've actually made, I have one sitting right in front of me right now because I actually use these. I've actually made Amazon KDP journals, planners. I'm actually, I think those of you who've been listening, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast yet or not, but I am actually writing a book. I'm writing a novel. I'm about like a quarter of the way finished with it. And once it's done, I plan on self-publishing this book, designing my own cover and self-publishing this book through Amazon KDP. It's more of a passion project. I'm not trying to make it like a New York Times bestseller. It's really like, honestly, just like kind of for me. I like to talk. I love to write. And, you know, it's my first book. So I do want to self-publish before I start, you know, seriously writing books that like I want, you know, not that I don't want people to read it, but you always, you know, like every time I do a project or something for the first time, I, I kind of want to test it out. So if I have an idea that's like my golden egg idea, like my tarot deck that you guys know I'm working on, I want to do something else first so that any issues that I come into with the, the first instance, the second time I do it, they won't exist. So that's kind of my thought process behind it. But yeah, you can make low content or no content books So like, I have a journal that's just it's blank pages with a cute little drawing of a mushroom in the in the corner. And it's just a little mushroom themed journal. And then I've also made a dream journal. So I actually I went into Illustrator and I kind of formatted the pages and the way that it's set up is like it's it's prompted. So like every night you would wake up and you would write you know, the amount of sleep you got, if the sleep was good, what kind of dream you had, and there's like check boxes, and there's like nightmare, prophetic dream, like all different types of stuff. And you fill it out, you write down what happened in the dream. And then there's a second page for symbols that mean things to you that you could have seen in your dreams, and a page for analysis. And both of these journals are available on Amazon, so it is separate. Like You can order author copies and sell it on either your Etsy shop or your own personal website, but you would have to handle the shipping and stuff yourself. Um, But you could easily do that. And you could also, you have Amazon sell them for you too. So with that, I have made literally $3. It's the same kind of thing as like, kind of similar 
not similar. It's basically print on demand, but for books. And it's very cool, especially if you consider yourself to be a writer. Even if you want to write like a children's book, you can easily use KDP to self-publish if you want to just maybe like, oh, like I'm going to write this one and I'm, you know, I'm going to do it myself first just to like kind of see how it comes out. And then I can use this in my portfolio kind of thing. There's just so much that you can do really, honestly. So, so, so much that you can do with Amazon KDP. Anything that's in like the form of a book, you're pretty much, you're able to make. And it's on, it's, it's available on Amazon too, which is a really, it's really good. But yeah, I've only sold, so far I've sold one. The analytics for Amazon KDP aren't as good as like Etsy or if you had like a Squarespace site or something like that. The, the analytics aren't as good. It's hard to see like where, where it came from and whatnot like if if somebody bought it and on etsy it would tell you oh they bought it from clicking on one of your etsy ads <laughs> but on amazon kdp it just tells you oh you sold one today congrats <laughs> and that's all but yeah so going back over everything print on demand is like what i'm going in the hardest right now because it leads to other things i also did buy a bunch of author copies of my dream journals and my brain dump journals that are little like mushroom themed journals that i plan on listing on my etsy shop as well just so that there are two places that you can buy them with as for online courses there's also like there's a lot of ways to do online courses through teachable i know you you can record and edit videos of yourself going through your little course. And then once you have that done, you're able to upload the videos as lessons and you can even make little assignments. So you can make like a little worksheets. You can like throw one together in Illustrator or even in like Google Docs if you don't have Illustrator and make make your course through Teachable or whatever website you decide to use and then obviously advertise it on your social media and then people can purchase it. Digital products can also be used for Etsy and you get a higher profit margin. So that's why a lot of people like it more is because you get a higher profit margin. But I've also found too that a lot of digital products are priced out cheaper than physical products. So you, you do have to like keep that in mind as well. Art licensing, people and companies who do license artists can find you through Etsy and through your personal website. And you just have to kind of make sure that you're using keywords, something unrelated to passive income, but something that can be really good for your basically for people to be able to find your website is to do like a little blog on your website where you write, which I'm definitely planning on doing myself for my own website because I do like to write and anything with keywords that'll help people find your website. The more people that find your website as an artist, the better it is that you're going to do. So yeah, those are the five things that I would recommend for artists to set up their passive income. I really hope that this episode was helpful. It's something that I've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I didn't really want to overlap it with my workshop product. But the PowerPoint that I made completely just dissipated into thin air. So <laughs> it's now a podcast episode that anyone can listen to for free. And honestly, like I wouldn't have it any other way. The whole reason that I made this podcast and the whole reason that I started my business was to help artists and help 
versions of my past self. And this is some really, really useful information that can help a lot of artists to start making some real money. Because once, like I said, once your passive income is set up and it's consistently bringing in income that you don't really have to touch too often, you will have a lot more time to focus on passion projects. I personally have put my graphic novel on hold, I put my tarot deck on hold, and all my focus is on my passive income until I'm at a point where I'm making enough to pay my bills from my passive income alone. And that way I don't have to worry that I am working on something that's not going to yield money right away because all of my living expenses are paid. So that's the reason I use passive income. I I hope to be able to do the same for you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you made it this far into the episode, please, my birthday is in a couple days on on Thursday, December. I'm turning 23. I am having a little portfolio party on Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you want to come and show off your art portfolio and just network with a bunch of artists who are all kind of doing similar things, please sign up. You can use code KatesBday23 to get it for free. If not, you can just kind of gift that little five. I think it's I think I have it listed as like five bucks. It's to buy me a coffee. It's just a little little something. But yeah, you can also, it's like free to sign up as well. So (laughs) if you use the code, you get it for free. If you don't want to use the code, you have bought me my birthday gift, which is like a little coffee. So that said, thank you guys again for making this far in the episode. I will see all of you guys again next Tuesday. And as always, tell a friend, tell an artist friend about us. Let your friends who are into the world of art know that we exist. So yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I will see all of you next Tuesday with another guest. Bye everyone.